You're going to pray for me? You're going to pray for me? It's up to you, isn't it? Yeah, I'll pray for you. That's nice. That's cool. Okay, um, let's stretch for stuff. No, we don't have to stretch for hands. All right. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, no, okay, yeah, let's stretch for hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Father Lord, we want to thank you, Lord, for Pastor Joe, Father Lord. This morning, Lord, we ask that you grant him wisdom, um, understanding, knowledge, Father Lord, Lord, that the word will be fruitful to each and every person here, Father Lord. Lord, that it will be fruitful even to him, Father Lord, that it will continue to nourish him, Father Lord, nourish his family and the people in the church, Father Lord, and CLF. Lord, be glorified through his life and through the word today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right. Well, uh, good morning or good afternoon. Which one is it? Good morning. It's still the morning. Well, look at your neighbor and tell them it's a good morning. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to share with you, going to continue what we've been teaching concerning prayer. Uh, this is part three of when the church prays together. When the church prays together. I have been, I was sharing earlier on in the prayer meeting that I've been really burdened concerning the prayer life of this church, our corporate prayer life. It's something that really concerns me as a pastor because I know what prayer is and the role player, player, <laughs> the, role play, the role prayer plays in the life of a believer. I know how important it is to have a lifestyle of prayer. But I also know how vital it is that a church prays together. If a church prays together, it has far more impact in its community, um, amongst its members, um, before heaven, before God. It has far more impact than the church full of individuals who can pray, but who pray on their own. There is something about the dynamic of corporate unity, whereby when a church is praying together, they allow the power of God to be released on their behalf. And so I'm really burdened about this. I'm really burdened because my observation for us as a local church is that our prayer life, our corporate prayer life needs to be a lot stronger, needs to be a lot more biblical. It needs to be. Um, yeah, so I want, to, I want to, in a way, go off my notes a little bit and just speak to you concerning some of these things and maybe weaving some of the notes as and when. Isaiah 56 verses 6 and 7, God has a burden for his house. God has a burden for his house. And the burden of his house is that it is a house of prayer. Isaiah 56, verses 6 and 7, he says also the sons of, for, of the foreigner who joined themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants, everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now there is a revival going on here in this, in this scripture where the foreigners, the non-Jews are coming into the, the fold, into the kingdom of God. They're coming in, they're offering their sacrifices and so forth into his house of prayer. And then he makes a declaration that his house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. An international community of praying people who pray not just for themselves but for the nations. And uh, one of the things that you as a child of God, you need to understand your responsibility to be praying as part of a praying community for the nations. Because honestly, how we pray together for the nation and the nations affects what happens. And beloved, we are living in very serious times. And I was saying earlier on that the Spirit of God 
all over the world is wakening up his people to pray together, to pray corporately. One of the things that frustrates me at times as a pastor is that you have individuals who can pray very well on their own, but have no sense of responsibility to praying together as a part of a community of people God joins them to. Beloved, you have a responsibility to be part of a praying community if you're a New Testament believer. And let me tell you, how we pray together affects your individual lives. It does. It affects your individual situations. For instance, if we as a people, all of us were praying and plugged in, when we gather together like this, the heavens are easily open. Easily open. And miracles and healings and deliverances easily take place. But when we are in our own secret history, there is no life, and even our corporate um, history together, there is no real unity and no dynamic together, then when we gather together like this, the heavens, the atmosphere is not that free. So I really want to encourage you during this month of prayer and fasting to reset your attitude concerning Prayer and praying together. What really frustrates me, if I'm honest with you, and I've been, I've been mulling over this before the Lord because I don't want to speak out frustration, but what really gets to me is the more older ones in the church. Those older ones who ought to know better, who have no sense of responsibility at all concerning the corporate body, concerning prayer, concerning fasting. It is, it, to me, honestly, as a, as a believer growing up, when I would see such believers, I made up my mind I would never be like that. And some of us who were younger, we made up our minds never to be like that, and we are like that today. And I really want to challenge you today as a church. I want to provoke you. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge the young people. I want to challenge the older people to get hold of praying together. Say to your neighbor, we should pray together. Now, praying together involves all kinds of praying. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. He talks about the armor of God from verse 13. talks about the armor of God. And by the way, the armor of God, you put on the armor of God by your lifestyle, by your words, and by your attitude. That's how you put on the armor of God. You don't put on the armor of God simply by saying, I put on the armor of God. How you live will demonstrate if you have the armor of God on. The things you say will reveal whether the armor of God is on. And your heart attitude will determine what armor is on. So he talks about putting on the armor of God. And then in verse 18 and 19, one of those armories is all kinds of prayer. All kinds of prayer. He says, praying always. Now, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you pray nonstop. It means you are continuously having the attitude to pray when you're supposed to pray. When you're supposed to pray. And beloved, this was not a scripture to individuals. This was a scripture to a corporate body called the Ephesian church. Often when we read the scriptures, we think that he's talking to individuals. Barring the individual letters like Timothy and Titus and Philemon, most of the scriptures are written in the New Testament, the epistles, to a community to be read together and heard together. So often when you're reading the scriptures and you see you, it's not you, the individual, it's you, the plural, corporate community. So he says, praying always with all kinds of prayer, with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. What does that mean? In other words, there are different ways in which you pray under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So really, in the Greek, that should read, praying always with all kinds of prayer and supplication as led by the Spirit, which includes praying with your human spirit and praying with your understanding. But all kinds of prayer and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, that's a very interesting scripture. Praying always with all prayer or all kinds of prayer, all manner of prayer and supplication, all manner of requests. In other words, when we gather to pray together, there isn't a one way fits all. There isn't a one way. 
Sometimes when you gather to pray together, corporately, you will pray systematically. Other times, corporately, you will pray as the Holy Spirit influences you corporately. It's praying in the spirit, praying with your spirit and praying with your understanding. Other times you will pray in agreement as we're going to be touching on. There are all kinds of prayer. But one of the reasons why most of us are just one or two dimensional in prayer is because we hardly spend enough time with God to discover the different avenues and intricacies of prayer. Beloved, any man or woman of God who has had an impact in the things of God and has been used by God in the supernatural has had to be a man or a woman that has been given to prayer. And any community that has been given to prayer over a period of time changes the climate of its environment. I'll never forget reading a, a, a revival that took place in, in the Latin American area where God, the, the Lord so influenced the area that the very vegetation of that area began to change. Where the crops that were being yielded were huge, were unusual. Why? Because the believers in that area had discovered a truth about praying together. Praying together. I pray that this church will be a praying community. He says, and for me, Paul is talking to the Ephesian church, and as their apostles, he says, and pray for me, all of you, pray for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Now, you see, one of the things that we have to understand is this. As a community, there are spiritual forces out there that targets this community. So he will first target me. That's, he will target me, and then he will target my family. And then if he can't get me and my family, he'll target the leaders. And then if he can't get them, then he'll, he'll target people. But he will target me first. Because the scripture says, smite the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And so one of your responsibilities as a member of this church is actually, as self-serving as this sounds, is to pray for me. Say to your neighbor, pray for him. Now, pray for him. Point, to point over here. Pray for him. Yeah. Why? Because... Because if, if let, imagine if you hear a scandal about me, it affects you, you know. That's the reality. But it is part of our corporate responsibility. But now that's not even where I'm going right now. Where I'm going is simply to get us to pray together. Because that's what this series is about. We've been called to fast and pray. And beloved, I am so burdened by the fact that a lot of you are just switched off. In corporate prayer. You say, how do I know? Simple. I turn up at the prayer meetings, and a church this size will be, will, be, will, be, will be doing really well if we have a tenth of this number in the prayer meeting. Yeah, for the tape, for the audio, one-tenth is what I said of the number. It will be doing really well. It's, and by the way, that includes the internet as well. The dial-in. So those of you who say, oh, you know, it's so far, don't give me that. You could easily dial in, because I check. The other day we were doing really well. Eight of you dialed in. That's no amen. No, it's, it's bad. I'm sorry, I'm just being honest. It's not good enough for us. Are you still here, or have you gone home? Are you still here? I'm just telling you, I'm unburdening my heart, because I feel in my spirit I have to do this. Listen, I saw the other day, a whirlwind, a cyclone. I saw a cyclone coming from the east. And I was like worried, and I saw myself in this cyclone. And it's devastating impact as it came into the city. So we prayed into it on Wednesday. And I realized that there are others who have seen this same storm. There are others amongst our community who've seen the same storm. Now, beloved, we can change the storms that are assigned against the city if we learn to pray together. Amen. Like, for instance, we need a building. I am believing God that somebody is going to buy our building for us, period. Yeah. I have decided somebody is going to buy it. Amen. Right? Because prophetically, we are being warned of some changes that the enemy wants to do in even how we gather here. 
So we have to be smart. So I am believing that God will just bless someone. Somebody will just come and just say, here is the five million you need. Boom, done. May it be you in Jesus' name. See, if God gives you that ability to be able to buy a building for five million, you must have at least 50. Who wants that power? must have at least 50. They will buy it and it won't be a sweat. I'm not talking about where they had to mortgage their whole life. In order to, yeah. All right. So let's go over a few things that we've already said about praying together. In Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 to 20, we talked about the dynamic of corporate prayer. Verses 18 to 20, he's dealing with church discipline. He says, surely I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, I'm not going to go over all that we said, but just three key things we said concern this verse. This verse relates to church discipline, but there is a dynamic of corporate prayer that we can learn from it. Number one, the church can exercise authority to bind and loose through corporate prayer meetings. So our authority to bind and loose, which is when you bind something, you restrict something from happening, and when you lose something, you release or um, uh, allow something to happen. The church as a corporate body has the authority to bind and loose people. So, for instance, as a church, if we place you under discipline, we are binding you from doing certain things. That's what really this was talking about. But at the same time, we can also bind and loose things in the spirit. Now, this scripture says whatever is bound on earth is already bound in heaven, amplified version. And whatever is loosed on earth is already loosed in heaven. In other words, our authority to bind and loose is determined by the word of God. Second point is this. This verse teaches us that there must be agreement amongst those praying. There must be agreement amongst those praying. So whenever we gather to pray together, the dynamic has, has to be different. I can't uh, lead a prayer meeting or be praying with people the way I pray on my own. Because otherwise, there are things I would do, you just, you just pause. Like imagine we're praying. Let's pray for the government. Now, if I'm praying on my own, I might start doing this in the name of Jesus. When I'm praying on my own, because I'm, I'm fighting. But now, if, if, if we're saying, let's pray for the government, and then you see me going. First of all, you know, you might be holding my hand, and then I'm, so you kind of, you're going to be, whoa, what's happening here? I'll never forget, many, many years ago, in 1986 or 87, I can't remember exactly when, I was praying with a guy from a totally different church tradition. And uh, I thought he was a charismatic like me. So grabbed hands and I began to pray like how I normally pray with the charismatics and the Pentecostals. The guy was terrified. He was my friend, but he was terrified. Afterwards, he told me he was terrified. He didn't know what was happening. Because I thought all Christians pray. Surely all Christians pray like this. The guy was terrified. <laughs> he said afterwards, I got so scared. I thought, oh, sorry. So I bore in mind. Next time we prayed, it was proper. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, got back to normality, you know. But if I'm praying with my Pentecostal Holy Ghost fire brother, Ikobo, Shaba. When you say Ikobo, he says Shaba, Lambri, Ataba. Uh -huh. There is agreement in spirit. You understand? Amen. There has to be agreement. But if I'm praying with somebody else, you know, who doesn't know these things, and I go, Imbolobaba, they say, hey, there's a demon, there's a demon. <laughs> so, you see, one of the things I, I was sharing with someone earlier on is that the way we pray together, in my view, is very, is immature. But I would rather have that than nothing. But we need to come to a place that we grow in maturity. 
So for instance, there are things that we do. Honestly, I'm your pastor. I believe in all speaking in tongues and I'm a, I'm a holy, I even, I do holy rolling even, holy rolling. Yeah, you don't know holy rolling. You, you are so, so dignified. When you roll from one part of the building, roll, I mean roll on the floor like that as part of prayer. I believe in all of that. But if I started doing holy rolling with most of you, you will honestly be worried for my sanity. You would think, I know you said it, but I, didn't, I thought you meant figuratively you were rolling. <laughs> so I am very aware that our level of how we do things is not developed even to a ground zero level. I know that. But I would rather have that. You know, it's like the parable of the wheat and the tares. The Lord sows the wheat. Immediately, the enemy sows the tares. They're both growing together. Then the angels say, you sowed wheat. How comes there's tares? Should we pull out the tares? He said, don't. Leave them all. Otherwise, you may end up damaging the wheat. That's how it is with the things of the spirit. If you try to overcorrect, you can end up damaging what God is doing. So you have to guide with the word. That's what pastors are there for. To guide with the word. To teach with the word over time. And over time, by the grace of God, we will change. Nonetheless, there must be agreement. And then the third point on this verse is this. The prayer meeting must always be in the name of Jesus. In other words, it must represent the Lord. It must honor the Lord. It must seek to promote him and his ways. That's what corporate praying is about. Now, we said other things from uh, Acts chapter 4 from verse 23 to 31, and I don't want to touch on it, but we, we, we went and we spoke about in this incident of corporate praying, you see there was agreement, verses 23 to 24, how they came together and prayed. There was submission to God's will, how they addressed the Lord as sovereign Lord. There was scriptural authority and context, how they re- referenced to, the, um, to Psalm 2 that David quoted within their context. There was specificity, They were very specific about what they were asking God for, and then God responded to that. God responded to them. By the way, when he responded to it, the scripture says the place was shaken. Can you imagine? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, you see, you've got to interpret scripture with scripture. Look in the places where the Bible says they were filled with the Spirit, and look at what happened. So as they prayed like this together, the place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So you know how some people read this? There was just a silence that came on them. No, when they were filled, they began to speak in tongues and praise God and prophesy like before. Just like you did in Acts 10, just like you did in Acts 19, just like you did in Acts 2. And then look at what the next says. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. In other words, God answered their prayer. They asked for boldness. They got it. They went out and were bold. Can you say amen, somebody? So these are the dynamics. Now, other things that we need to bear in mind in corporate praying is this. Number one, we should pray with simple words. In simplicity. You see, look at how they prayed. It says... Grant to us, he said, grant to us that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your servant Jesus. When you are praying corporately, you need to cut down on the words. Because for me to agree with you, I need to understand exactly what you are saying. Now, at times, you're in a prayer meeting and you say, Brother Joe, pray. And by the time Brother Joe has prayed, he might as well have written an essay. So you don't even know what he's saying because we're all just wondering when is it going to end. We stopped agreeing with you and started looking at the prayer leader. Come on. So keep it simple because you're praying together with other people. Now, secondly, corporate prayer means you learn to repeat words 
from your heart before God. Repetition is important in corporate prayer. In fact, in any kind of prayer where you are going to be persistent, when the Lord teaches about persistence, he teaches about repetition. Persistent repetition. Luke chapter 18. In Luke 18, the parable of the unjust judge and the, pray, the persistent widow, she kept on and he, he spoke a parable to them. The, the purpose of the parable was that men should always pray and not give up. In other words, keep praying and don't stop praying. And he gives a parable to show how a widow kept saying the same thing to the judge over and over. Give me justice, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. Over and over and over. Somebody said, is God deaf? Why do you need to keep repeating the same thing to him? I don't know. I only know that the Lord taught us that we should do that. There's one dynamic in, in, in uh, James, chapter, James chapter 5, verse 16. He says, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, in the Amplified, he says, the heartfelt continuous prayer, the heartfelt continuous prayer, I don't know if you can find, if you can find the Amplified version of that, the heartfelt continuous prayer makes um, dynamic power, makes power available dynamic in its effect, something like that. In other words, the praying that is heartfelt, heartfelt makes tremendous spiritual power available. Available. So when you've got a corporate body that is persistently saying to God, give us revival, give us revival, give us revival, give us revival, revive us in prayer, revive us in fasting, revive us in soul winning, revive us in holiness. When you keep saying that as a unified voice to God over and over and over, that's the kind of prayers God likes. Because it is consistent with his word. But it must be from the heart. It must be from the heart. And uh, in, 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 James chapter, in James chapter 5, he gives the example of Elijah. How Elijah persistently prayed seven times for the same thing. Rain, rain. And by the way, each time, I believe each time Elijah prayed earnestly, it was for at least one hour. You see this example, for instance, in the Lord in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he prays for at least three hours and then prevails. The first hour, he prayed, if, it, if, it's, your will, if it's possible, let this cup pass. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Now, when we read it like that, we think it was just a statement, and then he, he sat down and went to Peter. He said, couldn't you watch with me for one hour? I've been doing this for one hour, and I come and I find you sleeping. So he goes back, does the same thing, goes back, does the same thing. Now, if the Lord Jesus had to prevail persistently three, for three hours on the same issue, how much more you and I? What kind of prevailing are we prevailing corporately? What kind of prevailing are you prevailing concerning your situation? Beloved, I'm talking about praying together, but I also want to challenge you about whatever it is that you need to see a miracle for. Listen to me, if we as a corporate body began to pray together, then our individual prayer lives will see a lot more open heavens. There is no distance to the Spirit. You see, there is no distance to the Spirit. Paul said to the Corinthian church, when you gather together my spirit with you, he was in jail somewhere else. Then pass the judgment, because pass it as if I've passed it. There is no distance when it comes to the things of the Spirit. And this is why I want to challenge you. Reorganize your time during this month of July and join us to fast and pray on Wednesday, on Friday, and on Sunday. Amen. And during that time where you can, we, we pray together between 7.30 and 9 on Wednesday, between 10.30 p.m. and 12 on Friday, and between 10 a.m. and 10.45 on Sunday. That's it. That's what the Spirit said to me. Tell them to do that, that alone, because that's in the reach of everybody. As I was really worried and burdened and praying about the church, I thought we were going to go on another 31-day fasting crusade. 
said, no, 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 you can't even give that to them. You yourself, check yourself out. You can't even give that to them. But what you can give them is within the reach of everybody. That's including the young people. Some of us young people. Some of us young people. What's the matter? You think I, I misquoted? Some of us young people. Look, compared to Methuselah, I'm not even born. He's 969 years old. <laughs> there are things in our lives that we need to fast about. You say, hey, but we're too young. Just miss one meal. One meal. Somebody said, that's for me. I, I, breakfast is not a problem. Try and fast it and see. Those of you who don't eat in the morning, try and fast it and say, now, I normally don't eat in the morning, but this time for the next uh, 31 days, I'm not going to eat in the morning as worship to God. And see if the devil doesn't make himself, or you begin to be able to hear the voice of the devil. Those of you who don't think you can't hear anything spiritual, you suddenly be able to clearly identify this is the devil as breakfast becomes the most appealing meal of the day. <laughs> Another thing about, now let me pause here a bit more on the repeated words, because we'll stop with this probably. When you are praying together, and you are praying with your understanding, you see, because again, one of the things I've discovered is when we gather together and we're praying together, so many of us just default to praying with our spirit, because it's easier. And that's okay. But if you want to be able to agree with me and agree, me agree with you, I need to hear what you are saying from time to time, especially if we are praying about revival. So sometimes, for me, it's as simple as this. Lord, give us revival in the area of prayer, number one. Lord, give us revival in the area of prayer, number two. 25 later, Lord, give us revival in the area of prayer. The same thing over and over. And by the way, this is how I do it on most areas of my life. Any area that I am burdened about, I will tell him the same thing over and over and over. God doesn't need intelligent praying. Heartfelt. Have you got the, um, the one from um, um, Amplified Version? Were you able to find that one? Oh, you don't have it? Okay, no problem. The continuous heartfelt prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So over and over, over and over, you tell God. So at times when, I'm, when we're praying corporately, all I say is, revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Revive us, Lord. With tears, with crying, revive us. And then I go in the spirit, and then come back with the understanding, revive us, Lord. Because that is what I'm asking for. Not some eloquent nonsense. I need revival. Amen. Are you still there? Go in the spirit, and then in the understanding, Lord, revive us. So if you want to know what I was praying, you got it. Yeah, that's what he said. If you're going to pray in tongues and you've got the uninformed next to you or the, uh, or the, un and the unbeliever next to you, for their sake, pray with the understanding as well. You understand? So, ba, 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 then give him, revive us, Lord. You say, how do you know? By faith. Like everything else. By faith. That's it. Read your Bible carefully. It's all there. So, when you are doing this, you're making available to God tremendous power, dynamic in its working. Are you still here? Another way of praying together, help me with the time, because we need to, oh, okay, one more, and then we'll pray together, is what I would call liturgical prayers. That is prayers that are formally set. So, for instance, in 1 Chronicles 25 and verse 6, it talks about the fact that all these were under the direction of their father for the music in the house of the Lord with cymbals, stringed instruments, and hearts for the service of the house of God. Asaph, Jethuthun, and Heman were under the authority of the king. Now what he's saying is this. The king gave a prescriptive order concerning how they ought to praise God. Do it this way. Now, liturgy is really a set way 
of doing of praying. So you've got a set way. So you've got the prayers that is being read out. Or we say we're going to pray concerning this. We're praying concerning that. That is a form of, um, it's not liturgy in its true sense, but it's formal. Really, liturgy refers to that which is formal. So a formal way. Now, this is also very important, especially if you are praying together. Amen. We're going to pray together. I want you to rise to your feet. I want us to pray for our lives as individuals and as a church. I want us to pray concerning the issue of revival, concerning God reviving us as a community of people in the area of prayer, in the area of soul winning, in the area of holiness and purity. The word revival means to bring back to life something that used to be alive but was dead. As the pastor of this church, the, the founding pastor and the shepherd, I know where this church was when we started, and I know where this church is now. And I can tell you, we need a revival. We need a revival. So I also know that in my own life, there were times and seasons when I was on fire for God. And I am not happy with where I'm at right now. I don't know about you. Maybe you are like that. Maybe you look at your life and you see there is a need for a revival in your life. That the way your life is right now, the kind of things you can indulge in with impunity are scary. Some of us can just watch, I'll just add us to it. Some of us can just watch some pornographic something and afterwards say, Father, forgive me and go to sleep and be cool. Are you still there? Only this side is there, yeah? Are you still there? Some of us, we can swear. We can swear. Just say they're, they're blinding and they're blinging and they're blinging and they're flowing. And it doesn't even bother us. No. Something is wrong somewhere. Some of us, there is no longer that burden for the lost. There is no longer that burden. Some of us, we don't even, the idea of taking time of holiday to pray and fast, it's like, are you insane? Holiday is a time when we indulge our flesh even more. It's time for a revival. I said it's time for a revival. I want you to call upon the Lord to revive you and revive this church. Lift up your hands, lift up your voice, pray with your understanding, pray with your spirit, but let's pray for revival right now. Let's pray for revival. For us as a church, shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, revive your people. Revive your people. Revive your people. As we are praying, I want two individuals to come to the front to pray on behalf of the church. Keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. Kabul, Shabbat, Baba. Lord, I pray for revival. I pray for revival for this church. Revive your 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 church. Lord, revive us in the area of prayer. 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 Revive us. Revive us. Revive us in the area of prayer. Revive us in the area of prayer. Revive us in the area of fasting. Revive us in soul winning. Revive us in soul winning. Revive us, O oh God. 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 Revive us in the area of holiness and purity. Revive us, O oh God. Revive us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
name of Jesus. I want two people to pray. One is here. Somebody else coming. Thank you. Dear Father, we come before you as a people, one people, your children. And Lord, this morning, we cry, this afternoon, we cry out to you, God, revive us, awaken us, Lord, stir our hearts, Father, help us, show us mercy. Father, look down on us and revive us, awaken us, Lord, change our hearts and our desire. Let it be for you, for you alone, for your kingdom, to see your will done on this earth in our land God we cry out to you help us in our weakness Lord in our brokenness God draw us back pull us by your spirit father we cry out to you as one man Lord as one person one voice crying out to you in agreement revive us oh God shine down from heaven draw us in pull us back pull us back where we're straying oh God pull us in awaken us Stir us, oh God. Have mercy on us, Lord. We cry out to you, God. Do this for us in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, Father, we pray your forgiveness, Lord. Father, in the areas that, Father, we have not submitted ourselves fully to you, O God. In prayer, Father, Lord, we ask for your mercy. Show us mercy, Lord. And, Father, Lord, we pray that you reignite us, O God. Father, put a fire in us, Lord. Father, for, for prayer, O God, to seek after you, O God. To seek after the things of that, that are dear to your heart, O God. Father, we really want to connect with you, O oh God. Sometimes we don't know how. Teach us, Lord. Holy Spirit, lead us, Lord. Lead us in prayer. Lead us to your feet, O oh God. Lead us to your presence, O oh God. Father, Lord, where there's fullness of joy, where we can know you more, O oh God. That is our desire, O oh God. And Father, we pray that you will draw us nearer and nearer unto you, O oh God. And Father, increase our faith. Increase our prayer life, O oh God. Increase our thirst for you, O oh God. Father, Lord, that we will not dry out, O oh God. But Father, as a church, we will begin to arise, O oh God. Father, begin to be, Lord, a vehicle that you will bring about a change in the communities oh god father that cannot happen without prayer that cannot happen without the spiritual disciplines that we need so father we cry out to you help us we ask for help lord and we ask for your mercy show us grace and father increase us lord in jesus name amen thank you we're going to continue to pray i want us to bring our nation before the lord we need to recognize that we are custodians of the kingdom of god god's people are custodians of the kingdom of God and it is up to us and how we respond to the Holy Spirit how this world is reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ and uh, I want us to pray for our nation especially for parliament for the new government and the opposition party and all those in parliament first Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 to six, he says, therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. These are four kinds of praying. For kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man. And men, sorry, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. What the scripture is telling us is that as we pray for those in authority, it affects how the gospel can progress and it affects the kind of quality of life we can live. We want to pray for the new government, for Theresa May, and for her cabinet, and for the opposition, the the, the the former opposition party, the Labour Party, and for Jeremy Corbyn, and for the current elections that are taking place, that God will overrule everything that is taking place right now. And then we want to pray for Parliament as a whole, that God will overrule Parliament as a whole, that there will be no insidious forces to undermine our democracy. We've had a referendum. There's been an outcome. Whether we like it or not, this is the outcome. We want to pray that there will be no forces in Parliament that would seek to undermine what is taking place. What happened in Turkey? Don't think it can't ha happen here. If, if the conditions are right, as much as it seems unlikely, anything can happen these days. So we want to pray against 
what the enemy wants to do. He just wants to release anarchy. I want to pray for parliament. I want you to lift up your voices and pray for the government. If you don't know what to say, just say, Lord, help our government. Help our government. Help our government. Help our government. Let's pray for our government right now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for parliament. I pray for those who I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit will do a work in parliament. Lord, in the name of Jesus, Remo Shanda Ramazika Ina Maanda Rama. I pray that in Parliament you overrule the government. You overrule the government. You overrule the government. If I can have two people who will come as we're praying, who will pray for Parliament, and as you pray, we'll agree with you. If I can have two people quickly, just come. One more person, if you can come quickly. Father, we just want to bring before you our government. We pray, Lord, for the incumbent government. We pray for Theresa May um, and her cabinet. We pray, Lord for your wisdom. We pray, Lord, Father, that you will have the final say in every decision that is being made in the House of Commons, in the House of Lords. Father God, I pray, Lord, for the opposition. Father God, Lord, I pray that you bring order in our ruling class, O Lord. We pray, Father God, that you guide you lead, Lord, each and every leader, even from the government to the decentralization of different constituencies, Lord, to the local authorities. Lord, we pray that you will have the final say. Lord, put the rightful people in and remove the ones that need to be removed. And we commit our government into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for this great nation. We thank you for the privilege to live in a democracy. Father, we bring our government before you. We bring Theresa May and all those in parliament before you. Father, we say take control of every law that comes out of that house. Father, we say take control of everything that comes out. Father, we say your laws and your, your rule, let it be established. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, Lord, in parliament. Father, let your kingdom come in parliament. Let your will be done in parliament. Let your kingdom come in the laws that we, 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 they bring forward. Let your will, your will, Lord, your will, let it be done in this country. Father, have mercy on us. Have mercy on this country, Lord. Father, let your will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Finally, we're going to pray for this borough and for ourselves for the area of souls to be saved and born into the kingdom of God. I want to pray that God will do something in this borough, the Royal Borough of Greenwich, where people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. But we also want to pray that God will use us to see our family members, our friends, our work colleagues that do not know him saved. Strangers he brings our way saved. In Luke chapter 10, verse 2, the Bible says, The harvest is truly plentiful. Or truly great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So we are praying for this borough. We are praying for this borough. So if you can write that down, we're praying for this borough for souls to be saved. We are praying for our loved ones and family members and work colleagues and strangers that come our way, that they will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus for those to be saved. And we're praying for ourselves that God will anoint us to be laborers for the harvest so that through us people will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus. I want you to group up in threes and fives right now. If you're a guest, you don't have to do this. And we're going to pray into this. So group up in threes and fives and just pray into this area. Pray into this area before we change the order of service. Introduce yourself to people. Don't just start praying. Introduce yourself, ask them who you are, what's your name. You can't agree with someone just like that.
ourselves laborers for the harvest. Thank you, Lord. I want us to sing this song as a prayer. In response to our praying, I want us to sing this to the Lord. As all and the worship team leaders, just lift your hands and begin to worship Him. Hey. 